Our God is really interested in at-risk people, people in this world who are at risk. We're starting today a series that will carry us through the fall uh, from the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament. Proverbs is a book that took its final shape and form after God's people, the nation of Israel, had spent 70 years in exile and slavery in Babylon. Every Israelite was at risk when the book of Proverbs was put together. The God of Israel seemed irrelevant. The mighty empires of Babylon and then Babylon being overthrown by Persia. Those were the empires that had relevant gods and goddesses. Israel's God appeared to be powerless and weak. Israel's temple was gone. Her kingship was lost. The secular gods of power and wealth and cultural influence seemed to be so much stronger. And God says to his people through the book of Proverbs, your faith is at risk in a world like that. And I want it to thrive. And God says, The society you're living in is at risk, and I want it to thrive too. And as your faith thrives, I want you to be ready to contribute to that society to bring life and healing, even if you are a minority in that society. And even if I appear to be weak and irrelevant, I want you to bring goodness into the world. I want to strengthen you for that. Now, one way we can lean into that calling is through the words that we speak. One of the key topics that runs throughout the book of Proverbs is speech, the tongue. Now, you'll see that this is going to apply to all kinds of words, words we write as well as words we speak, words we post as well as words we speak. Our words can bring life and healing to a broken world, We're going to learn more about that today as we start our journey through the book of Proverbs. Becky's going to come and read for us just a a sampling of what Proverbs has to say about the power of our words. Thanks, Becky. Mm -hmm. Today's scripture readings are from Proverbs 18, 21 and 15, verses 1 through 7. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. The eyes of the Lord are in every place keeping watch on the evil and the good. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. A fool despises his father's instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is prudent. In the house of the righteous there is much treasure, but trouble befalls the income of the wicked. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, but not so the hearts of fools. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Two words spoken by a stranger actually not spoken so much as shouted out a car window. It's a story 
told by a woman named Trieste. There's a series on right now called My Unsung Hero. You could hear it on public radio. It's produced by Hidden Brain Media. And uh, it talks about encounters with people that change our lives. Trieste tells the story of uh, having lost her uh, grandmother to death uh, and, and having uh, ended a meaningful relationship uh, with a young man, resulting depression, sadness, sorrow, and this growing sense that nothing about her life mattered anymore. Uh, one day, someone was supposed to come pick her up from work as even the car had broken down. Sometimes when life is sad, everything gets sad, doesn't it? She's walking home. She has to cross a very high bridge on the path home, and she stops in the middle of the bridge, looks down, and decides, nobody would miss me if I were gone. Stands on the railing. A car drives by, and a stranger shouts out the window, just two words, don't jump. Sped past. She got down, and she thought to herself, she says, um, if a stranger could care enough to even speak those words, maybe I'm not alone. The book of Proverbs says death and life are in the power of the tongue. They really are, aren't they? We can speak words that destroy people, or we can speak words that keep people from dying. Today, I want us to explore a bit more this theme of the power of the tongue. Let's talk about what words have power to do, and we'll talk about words, what words have no power to do, and we'll talk about how to resolve that tension. We'll tap into a bigger story to see how that tension gets resolved. Let's start, though, with the fact that words do have power. What do our words have power to do? Well, just surveying the verses that Becky read for us earlier, um, words have power. Verse 1 of Proverbs 15 says, To turn away wrath. A soft answer turns away wrath. A harsh word stirs up anger. So our words can create anger or they can push it back down. Uh, what else can words do? Uh, verse 4 tells us that a gentle tongue is life-giving. A gentle tongue is a tree of life. But if a tongue is perverse, twisted, distorted, what can it do? It can crush your spirit. It can break the human spirit. Just our words. Words have power. Verse 5 tells us that words have the power to correct somebody before it's too late. A fool despises his father's instruction. In the book of Proverbs, that instruction is delivered through wise words. But whoever heeds those wise words of reproof, correction, get me back on the right path, that person is prudent. Who's a fool, by the way? According to the book of Proverbs, uh, my, my ministry coach is a guy named Jim Moon. He has a podcast on Proverbs and and he defines the fool as a person who's in love with their own opinion. That is a great definition of foolishness, right? I don't need to learn anything from anybody. You don't need to correct me because I've already got it all right. Uh, I love my own opinion. Words are powerful. A couple of other verses that Becky read for us from Proverbs 15 show us that words can be like this This trail of breadcrumbs we're dropping behind us as we go through life. 
that can lead people towards something. We can either lead them toward becoming fools. The mouths of fools pour out foolishness, folly. So our words can be this breadcrumb trail inviting people to fall more in love with their own opinions and get more and more isolated from everyone else. Or verse 7 says, hey, the lips of the wise spread knowledge. Like we're just throwing someone who's wise is flinging out words that give life and lead to healing and health and wisdom. Words are powerful. Um, can we uh, just hit a, a couple of other highlights? If you were to work your way through the book of Proverbs, you would find lots of Proverbs that say what Jesus said in Matthew 15, 18. In fact, we just saw a hint at it. What did Jesus say? Words that come out of the mouth are actually a reflection of what's deep inside the heart. That theme runs throughout the book of Proverbs. Jesus would know the book of Proverbs very well. You'll notice that hinted at in verse 7 of chapter 15. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, but the hearts of fools don't. There's a connection between what comes out of the mouth and what's in the heart. Our words have power to reveal what's deep inside our hearts. Our words have power, Proverbs 16 says, to separate close friends. You can destroy a friendship with your words. A whisperer destroys friendships, separates close friends. Words are powerful. Words have the power to make people feel small. Whoever belittles his neighbor lacks sense. It would be better to say nothing than to say something that causes someone to feel small, insignificant, unimportant, unloved, unnecessary. Our words can do that to people. You know because you've had it done to you. Words have power. What else do they have power to do? Here's some encouragement. Anxiety is a real thing. Anxiety weighs someone's heart down, but a good word makes him glad. Notice that Proverbs is not saying there's a magic phrase you can speak to an anxious person that makes everything better. But words do have the power. A loving, kind, healing word at just the right moment when your heart is so weighed down is like Luke said, it's like a ray of light coming through the darkness. Our words have power. Words have power even to melt a hardened heart. With patience, a ruler may be persuaded and a soft tongue can break a bone. Even, even the, the, the mightiest leader whose heart is so hard and appears to know everything and won't listen to anyone, soft words can melt that person's heart. You hear the power of our words? Um, and yet there's a tension here. If you were to walk into a restaurant called Moe's, anybody know Moe's? Like, like burritos, right? If you walk into Moe's, you don't like Moe's, Lucius? Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, well, you know, everybody's got their thing. I'm, I'm cool with that. But even if you don't like Moe's, you know what happens when somebody walks inside Moe's? What happens? You walk in the door and they say, welcome to Moe's. All right. So for the next 10 weeks, we're going to be saying, welcome to Proverbs. 
Welcome to Proverbs. Throughout Proverbs runs, Proverbs is comfortable with tension. The book of Proverbs is about wisdom in the real world, and therefore it's about nuance. It's not about oversimplifying the world. And Proverbs is building up this tension when it talks about words. A tension between, well, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Words are powerful to bring life or to bring death. Let's talk about the power of life for a moment. We'll feel the tension. Our calling as human beings is to speak life-giving words. Now, that's a special calling that we have. If we are followers of Jesus, we have signed up for this. Jesus has said to us, what comes out of your mouth is a reflection of what's in your heart. I want to transform your heart. So what's coming out of your mouth would be loving toward God and loving toward your neighbor. If you are a follower of Jesus, this is part of your calling, is to use your words day in and day out to bring healing and life into this world. What if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus? Well, guess what? We're all in this human race together. All of us have this power of life and death in the tongue. So this is something we share together. All of us are called to use our words in wise ways that bring healing and give life. We're all made in the image of a God who gives life through his word. Some practical ways to do that every day. Imagine um, if you need something to help you remember this. We're, we're going to the hospital. We're in the elevator, and it's August. Because it's a hospital, it has to do with healing. Ask yourself every day this week, am I around someone who has been hurt by words, and how can I use my words to heal them? Healing. Do I need to speak a healing word right now? Am I speaking to someone who is wounded? and broken. And how can I speak healing? All right, we're at the hospital. It's a place of healing. It's also, we're in the elevator, up or down. Do I need to use words to push some things down? Words can be used to stir up anger. Do I need to use words in a way that are going to dial that anger back? Maybe I'm the one who stirred up the anger. And maybe I need to lean in and say, I'm sorry. Let me say that a different way. Maybe I didn't do it. Maybe it's just I live in this polarized age and everybody's angry at everybody all the time. You are sent into the world, if you are a follower of Jesus, to find that anger that has been stirred up and to speak words in ways that bring it back down. That is a life-giving function that you can carry out of here today and put into practice before before it's one o'clock, you'll have that opportunity, right? All right, the elevator can also go up. Do you need to speak words to lift someone up, someone who's been belittled, discouraged? Do you need to speak some words to lift their spirit, someone who's anxious? Do you need to raise that person's gladness and encouragement level through speaking healing words? And then finally, our, our imaginary hospital where we're going for healing and speaking words that will push some things down and lift people up. It's, it's August and it's Atlanta, so it's hot, hot enough to melt stuff. Do you need to speak a word that melts a hard heart? 
before this week is over, you'll have an opportunity to speak healing words, to push anger down, to lift spirits up. You'll have an opportunity to speak to someone who's just hard-hearted and not listening and not caring. And remember what God has said through his word. Man, a soft word can break a bone. You can melt the heart of the leader with a gentle tongue. All of those are ways that we can give life. That's what we're called to. But here's the tension. Our tongues also have the power of death. There are people in this world who need to hear a healing word because I have spoken wounding words. There are people in this world who have heard me say things that stir anger up. So I'm not only the one who can speak the word that, that calms the anger down, I am the one who has the potential to stir the anger up. Same tongue can heal or wound. I am the one who has belittled other people. You and I have spoken words that have caused the hearts of other people to become hard. You might need to melt someone's heart tomorrow because of something I say today. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Each of us has damaged other hearts, which reflects a distortion rooted deeply in our hearts by the words we have spoken. That's where we have to talk about power that words don't have. Words do have power to do some things. And yet, there's something that words don't have power to do. Words do not have power to fundamentally transform the human heart. Remember what Jesus says to us? Words that we speak proceed from the heart. They reflect what is in the heart. If words are reflecting what's in the heart, then words can't transform that same heart. Right? Um, a person can speak life-giving words and still be a fool. The book of Proverbs, again, reflects reality. Here's a great image. Like a thorn that goes up into the hand of a drunk man is a proverb in the mouth of a fool. Notice that it says this is in the mouth of the fool, not the ear of the fool. We're not saying that someone can hear wise speech and still be foolish. We're saying you can even speak wise words and still have a heart that hasn't been transformed. Your heart is still so dull and insensitive that you'd be like a drunk guy who got a nail shot through his hand and be like, oh, look at that. I guess there's a nail in my hand. How about that? I can't feel the pain. I can't feel that these wise, life-giving words are meant to apply to me. That's foolishness. I am in such love with my own opinion that I don't need to be transformed from the inside out. Proverbs says this too. If you stop putting wood on a fire, it will go out. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. And where there's no whisperer, quarreling ceases. If there's nobody whispering those divisive, damaging words, 
the arguments will go away. All of us know that, right? Words can create relational damage. And if we would stop saying the kinds of words that create relational damage, there would be less relational damage in the world. So why don't we just stop? Here's the answer. (laughs) The words of a whisper are like delicious morsels. Give me some more of them, please. They are so good, I want more. They go down into the inner parts of the body. We can know that certain kinds of speech are damaging and and death-dealing, and we still desire to speak them, and we still desire to hear them. Listen, I'm going to say something. It's confidential. It will cause you not to like her. It will erode your respect for her. You will trust her less. Would you still like to hear it? No, 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 because, um, you know, whispering causes quarreling. But yes, yes, please. I can't wait to hear what you had to say to me because it sounds delicious. Can I please have more? I know a secret that will give you power over him. It will give you a feeling of superiority to him, even if you never repeat it to anyone else. But maybe if you do repeat it in the future, it would hurt him possibly publicly in front of others. Would you like to hear it? No, precious. Yes, precious. You know, it's like, there we are, right? We're caught in this bind. How can I stop doing what I can't stop desiring? I want to stop speaking these words that divide friendships and that cause arguments and strife and division and anger to flourish. But man, they are tasty and delicious and they go deep down inside and I just can't stop. You feel that tension? The book of Proverbs knows that we live in that tension. It creates this vision for what our hearts could sound like if healthy life-giving words were constantly coming out of them. And then it, it portrays this vivid description of what our hearts are actually like and what our words are actually like. And how do we resolve that tension? We have to look at the big picture of the story of the Bible. In Proverbs 15:4, we are told that a gentle tongue is a tree of life. Now, like so much of the Bible, this is a phrase that has a couple different levels of meaning. Tree of life is a metaphor that any person anywhere could understand. Tree, healthy, growing, grows fruit. Fruit gives us life, nourishment. Got it. Tree of life. That sounds like a good thing. A gentle tongue is a good life-giving thing. Excellent. But if you know the story of the Bible... There's something more to this phrase, tree of life, isn't there? Back in Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3, God starts the whole universe by speaking life into being. You want to know a gentle tongue that can give life? It's our God. And he makes people in his image who have the ability to speak life to others. 
And in the beginning, everything was good. And every word that Adam and Eve ever spoke to one another was life-giving and rich and fulfilling and celebratory. And God planted a tree of life in the middle of the garden. And Adam and Eve lost access to that tree of life, along with the whole human race, when a whisperer came into the garden and said, wait, did God really say? Look, I'm about to say something to y'all that will make, you, make it harder to trust God. You won't respect him as much. Would you still like to hear it? No, yes. Well, they heard it. They listened. The whole human race has listened to that whisper. And as a result, the power of death has come into the human tongue. We can destroy one another. We can start wars. Not metaphorical wars. Real life war can be started just by the wrong person saying the stupid thing at the wrong time. Death is in the power of the tongue because we've turned away from God's life-giving word. The only thing that can break the cycle is for God to speak a new word. A new word that holds more than just the power of the tongue. The power to reverse death. God's new word spoken to reverse the power of death is Jesus. He is the living, life-giving word. He is God's soft answer to turn away wrath. He is God's gentle word to reopen the way to the tree of life for people whose spirits are broken. Jesus, through his crucifixion, out of love for people who are guilty of speaking words that crush others, Jesus' resurrection to break the power of death causes our hearts to be changed when we trust in him. And when our hearts are changed, then what flows out of our mouth can change. And we can begin to speak moment by moment, hour by hour, day by day, the kinds of words that would not only be good to our closest family and friends, but good for the whole world around us. We can even begin to speak words like, I'm sorry, and please forgive me. <laughs> Why? Because God has seen that tension between what we could be and what we are. And he has spoken to that tension, a new word that gives life. The name of that new word is Jesus. So everybody in this room needs to speak some words today. You need to speak some words to Jesus today. If you are a follower of Jesus, then you need to say to him, Jesus, I want you to do that in my life today. I want you to cause life-giving words to start to flow out of the new heart that you have already given me. Thank you. Just keep it happening more and more and more. If you've never had that new life from Jesus. The words you need to speak to him today are, Jesus, please do that work in my life. Give me that new heart. 
so that new words will flow out of my mouth. And as you have given me life, I will find great delight in using words to heal, using words to push down anger, using words to lift up discouraged, anxious people, using words to melt hard hearts. I will delight to do that because you have given life to me. Jesus, give us new hearts and words that bring life to a broken world. That was our prayer. We just did it with our eyes open. Amen.